The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Now, tonight, I'm going to teach a little back-to-school thesis for our parents. I'm going to talk to the parents tonight. And uh, I'm going I'm to preach a gospel tonight that I need to preach. And I trust that I can deliver what I have written. I have written this, and I trust I can deliver what I have written. The manuscript is something that I will probably be note-bound on because it has not been written real long. But I want to I I talk to you tonight on this subject, the tragedy of wandering stars. The tragedy of wandering stars. It's in the book of Jude, and, and the book of Jude is just one chapter. It's just one chapter. And uh, we're not going to go there. I'm just going to preach about it. But when you go home, if you read the Bible at all, you can read Jude in about two minutes. It's just one chapter. But we're going we're gonna to specify verse 12 and verse 13. And in the name of the Lord, bless the word tonight. Bless the words that you have put in my heart tonight for this congregation. I love you. Shake somebody's hand and say, I'm going to help the pastor. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. One of the most powerful apostles in the Bible that receives little to no recognition is a man named Judas, not Iscariot, but a brother of James. He's called Libius, and his surname is Thaddeus in the Bible. The man wrote one of the 66 books of the Bible, one of the 27 in the New Testament of the Bible. His book is tucked away just before the revelation of Jesus Christ. And in his writings, Jude lets loose some of the most powerful truths, what I call words of wisdom. And he opens the doorway to the revelation of Jesus Christ. Referred to in the word as Libius in Matthew chapter 10, as Thaddeus in Mark chapter 3, And Judas, the brother of James in Luke chapter 6, and the same is said in Acts chapter 1. His writings in Jude is direct, dynamic, and somewhat disturbing. For he writes to defend the faith that was once delivered to the saints. That is why I preach today, and that's why I preach every week, because I want to defend the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And in that defense, he goes after ungodly men that turn grace into lasciviousness, denying the only Lord God. He speaks of fallen angels not keeping their first estate. He rebukes Sodom and Gomorrah, giving themselves over to fornication, going after strange flesh. He speaks of Michael the archangel contending for the dead body of Moses with Lucifer, another archangel. And Michael did not bring a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Let me just give you a little side note here. When hell is wearing you out, don't try to whip him. Call on the name of the Lord. He spoke of the evil of Cain, the selfish offering. He spoke of the greed of Balaam being bought off. And he spoke of the covetousness of Korah 
in the wilderness wanting the anointing that was on Moses. He called these things apostasies, apostasies. He said they were spots on your feast of charity. They were clouds that were without water, but they were carried about by the winds. There were trees whose fruit withered and without fruit twice dead plucked up by the roots. He wrote powerful words, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame. Then he makes a statement to conclude the denunciation of apostates. He says, wandering stars, wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Let me go directly into what I feel to say tonight. A wandering star, simply put, is a star that cannot stay its course. It will not stay in its orbit. Let me say it again. It's a star that cannot stay its course. It will not stay in its orbit. There is no direction. There's no constancy. There's no help to anyone. They just flame out and then there is total blackness. Way back in the Old Testament in Judges chapter 5, there was a battle that raged between the forces of Sisera and Jabin, who were the enemies of God, and Deborah and Barak, who were the people of God. And the Bible said the stars from their courses fought against Sisera and Jabin. The word courses there literally means path or orbit, a path that it follows or an orbit. Stars have orbits just like planets do. And when the wise men from the east found Jesus, they found him by following a star. A star that stayed in its orbit. Think with me just for a moment. I heard about a young sailor who wanted to become a captain of his own ship. And he went down to see the old sea captain one time to get some advice on how to master the seas. And he said, Captain, what's the greatest single lesson you can teach me so that I can be a good captain one day as you? And the old captain said, young man, the greatest lesson you'll ever learn is this. The best friend of a sailor is the star. The best friend of a sailor is the star. But never forget, son, the only stars to follow are those who stay in their orbits and never change their positions. That's not only great nautical advice, that's great spiritual advice. Oh, there are meteors or shooting stars that leave their appointed orbits and create their own path and go their own way, but eventually they'll flame out, they'll crash, and they'll burn, never to be seen again. I put on the screen, shooting stars are always brighter than the surrounding stars. But just for a moment, just for a moment, their brilliance is short-lived. They're soon burnt out and they are gone forever. I'm going to read it again. Shooting stars are always brighter than the surrounding stars, but just for a moment. Their brilliance is very short-lived, and they soon burn out and are gone forever. They go up like a rocket. They come down like a rock. They may flash across the sky for just a moment, and then they flame out, never to be seen or heard from again. Therefore, Jude, the Jude, one of the apostles, is warning us not to hitch our wagon to falling stars are stars that do not keep their orbit. May I introduce a star, folks, to you tonight that has never flamed out? Never gotten out of orbit? 
never given false direction, never led anyone astray. Ladies and gentlemen, I present the bright and the morning star tonight, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is called bright because he lights up the world or person that comes into his world. He's called morning because when you look at him, it's always a new day. <laughs> Clap your hands and rejoice over Jesus here tonight. Several years ago when George Bush spoke at a prayer breakfast in Washington, he was vice president. And he told of a trip, this is an old story that I pulled from my ledger. He told of a, of a trip he took to Russia to represent the United States for the funeral of Leonard Brezhnev. And the funeral was very precise and very stoic and extremely communistic. There were no tears shed. No emotion was displayed with one exception. Mr. Bush told how Brezhnev's widow was the last person to witness the body before the casket was closed. And for several seconds, she stood at his side and then reached down and performed the sign of the cross on her husband's chest. In the hour of her husband's death, with the entire communistic world watching via television, she did not turn to Lenin. She didn't turn to Karl Marx. She didn't turn to Joseph Stalin nor Nikita Khrushchev. She turned to a Nazarene carpenter who lived 2,000 years ago and who said, I am the light of the world. Can I tell you something? The cross works here. It works in your home. It works on your job. It works around the world. There is nothing like the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. Somebody help me salute the bright and morning star, the day star of our life, Jesus Christ. Hear me tonight. Satan can counterfeit preachers, but he cannot counterfeit the gospel. He can counterfeit theology, but he cannot counterfeit faith, truth. He can even counterfeit churches, but he cannot counterfeit Jesus. Because Jesus is the real thing. I do not know whenever I have felt more to speak to parents and grandparents than I do tonight. Oh, I could preach about the star that guided the wise men and the star that fought in their courses and judges. And I could talk about the North Star that set compasses all around the world. And I could talk about navigational stars that guide seagoing vessels. But I must preach for the next while on something I have been feeling for a while. Summer is over. Summer's finished. It's time to kick into another gear. It's time to go to another level in your life. It's time to get engaged again. There is nothing wrong with going on vacation. You allow me to go, and I enjoy the fire out of it. And I went to a place that they're saying, don't come down here now. The cartel shooting people, kidnapping people, and killing people. Well, we got in there and got out of there. Hallelujah. You're looking at a miracle here tonight. But there's nothing wrong with it. But there is something to be said about the steadiness and the faithfulness of doing the things that we always do as a child of God. And tonight, I would like to preach to this congregation 
There's not a bigger star in the lives of your kids than you are, mom and dad. Two-parent families or single mom or single dad, you rule. You rock. You're the person. The world is full of baseball heroes. The world is full of football gods. The world is full of basketball hoopers and they make a lot of money on their shoes. The world is full of singers and actors and writers and musicians and politicians and media moguls. People who claim the headlines of papers and on the news. But God did not plan for your kids to set their compass to those stars. Hear me mom and dad. Your star may not burn the brightest. That's not the point. The question is this. Is your star in its orbit? That's the question. Are you a constant in God's world and in your child's life? I was standing on the porch tonight with one of our great leaders, one of our, one of our, one of our care pastors, and I made this statement. I said, what we need in America today is parents that are as steady as a rock, that are there every day, that are faithful to their duty, faithful to their calling, not up here one minute, down here the next, but every morning's the same. Every evening's the same. We need people that are in their orbit, that are doing what they need to do because their kids are looking to see what steady's all about. That may look good out there for a while, but they'll always come back to a dad and a mom that's faithful and steady to their orbit in the kingdom of God. Amen. I have read and I have studied that when women are pregnant, there are some strict rules that are laid down by particular doctors. They are told you don't need to be drinking. You don't need to be doing drugs. It most possibly could cause child deformation and birth defect. Possible stillbirth. Even the gaudiest women, the nastiest women that you ever see, the most blatant men and women, the bravest couples, the boldest people shrink and they listen. You know why? Because they want healthy children. They want bright children. They want children who have a chance to survive. Are you hearing me tonight? May I declare, birth is one thing. Raising and rearing a child is another thing. And if you can listen to a doctor give you that kind of advice, let another physician's helper say to you tonight, train up in a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. We need some dads that will stand with the pastor and say, I'm going to be a steady man. We need some moms that will stand with Sweet Pea, my wife tonight, and say, I'm going to be a steady woman. We're going to raise our kids. This is going to be the greatest school year we've ever known in our life. This is going to be the greatest time of enjoyment we've ever known in our life because we are going to stay in our orbit. And we're going to do the things that we need to do to raise healthy, wholesome, and godly children in the kingdom of the Lord. Would you clap your hands real big right now? Our home needs some steady stars, not wandering stars. Parents that are in their orbits, understand their role, understand the path, know what God has given them in children. Isaiah called it in his prophetic book, a nail in a sure place. You know, you put a nail in some sheetrock, and after a while it's going to work its way out. 
but you put a nail in some good old four by four and you put a ten penny nail in that and I tell you, you can hang a bunch of stuff on that nail. And what kids need is a nail in a sure place in their life. They need something that will be driven into a four by four and say, whatever happens, this house is going to remain faithful. Whatever comes in your world out there, you always got a place to come home to. Whatever takes place, whatever, you've always got a place to run to. You've got a place to go to. I remember reading in the Bible when a man named Joab heard the news that he was going to die. He passed at least five or six, I think one writer said five and another said six, places that he could have stopped and worshipped. He could have stopped and went into the, to the synagogue, but he went all the way to the house of God. Went in and grabbed a hold of the horns of the altar. And he said, if I die, I'm going to die right here on this altar. And he did. But here's the point. There's got to be a place when things go bonk in the world, when things go eclipse in the world, that kids can run home to and say, this is a steady place. This is a house. My parents know their orbit. My parents know their place. And there is nothing greater than the power of influence in a home. Can I preach a little bit tonight? It does not matter if you can influence your boss, your friends, your acquaintances. That don't matter. They may have already made up their mind about what they believe and what it is and what it's not. But mom and dad, you are here to influence your children. Their minds are still fertile. They're looking for answers. I had a man one time come and apply for a job, and he was an older man. And I, I have no problem with that, but I, when I hire, I like to hire young men. And the reason why is because they're still a fertile twig, and I can bend them and shape them. And this church can bend them and shake them. But you get somebody in here that thinks he's an oak. <laughs> you can't budge him. But when these young men leave, they're going to be oaks. They're going to be steady. They're going to lead churches in the kingdom of God. And God has allowed 27 pastors to come through here. And because of you, because of you, and I see all these that are here with me now as my sons. They're like my sons to me. And I love them all. And I love every last one of them. And I'm the biggest braggart in the whole world. And David said, if I boast, I'm going to boast in the Lord. But I think this is the best team I've ever had put together in the whole existence of this church. I thought when the last team was here, that was the best. I'm kind of like old Bobby Bowden. I ain't never had a better team in my life. I just believe with all my heart. And I think you need to look at your family, not somebody else, but your family, and say this is the best family that God could ever have put together on the planet. And we're going to have a family that's going to love God because husband and wife are going to stay in their orbit. In their orbit. Amen. I remember as a child walking in my father's big footsteps. He was six, four and a half in the fields in West Texas trying to put my feet where his had been. It wasn't possible. But boy, I was leaping long because his steps were longer than my jumps. But I wanted to be just like my daddy. Dad and mom, you're the stars of your kids. Kids may love me but I'm not the star in your home. And we'll say it again. Kids, but kids may love me, but I'm not that star in your home. Brandon, the children's pastor, is not that star. Brad, the youth pastor, is not that star. Reed, the young adult pastor, is not that star. And these other two wonderful young men, and even Randy in the music, he's not that star. Don't put that on someone else. They need to keep the path, run the race, 
not leave the orbit, and not flame out. Parents, that is you. You are the ones that the kids are looking to in this hour. You've got to stay in orbit. Somebody said, well, Pastor, that's so hard to do sometimes. Things come up in my life. Oh, yeah, they're going to come up. They're going to keep coming up. Because hell's going to do his best to get you out of orbit. Hell's going to do his best to make you become a shooting star and say, well, there's just no needing this anymore. But I promise you, steadiness still gets the job done. Come on, steadiness still gets the job done. Amen. This may sound so simple that you tune me out for a while. But living for God is not difficult when you follow the simple steps. So let me call it tonight the ABCs of kingdom living. ABCs of kingdom living right there. All right. Number number A, always have a praying home. You need to pray. Your kids need to hear you pray. They need to hear you pray. It don't mean you have to get out and say, oh God, oh Father, hallelujah. raised in a home where a dad couldn't sing on key but he never stopped singing my dad would always pray like oh lord do real good to us today I used to hear him praying like that he didn't get down and pound the floor mama did but daddy didn't I'd come in from things at night that I'd go out to and try not to break curfew and Mom would be on the couch saying, oh, God, either save him or take him to hell. <laughs> I don't think she prayed that till I walked in. <laughs> but my, my dad always prayed for the positive things in life. Steady, steady, steady. B, Bible reading in the home. We never went to bed at night before we heard the word. Daddy would pull it out. Mom would tell him a scripture and verse. She said, this would be good for the boys. And he'd scald us with the word. But we heard the word. C, come to church when the doors are open. That may be one of the greatest secrets that people have never learned. You got to be here. And I'm preaching to the choir tonight because you're here. But you got to come to church. And D, don't possess a critical spirit. If I can get you to do those four things, be prayerful, Bible read, come to church, and don't have a critical heart, I promise you that will keep you in the orbit of life. It really, really will. Because prayer always changes things. Bible reading washes your mind and keeps your mind pure. Coming to church gives you refreshment. And not having a critical spirit gives you a positive attitude in life. And that's what your kids need in this life. Your child must believe that praying to the Lord, reading his word, and coming to his house and having a right attitude is what it takes to live this life. Let me tell you something about this house, too. Not everybody here is perfect. And the reason is because, look at your neighbor and say, because you come. (laughs) 
But let me tell you what they are. Everybody here is, re we're redeemed. We've been forgiven. Say hallelujah. 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 I got three of them here. Hallelujah. hallelujah. The Spirit spoke a while back and declared that there is something better than heaven and there is something worse than hell to me. Luke 16, the rich man in hell lifted up his eyes being tormented in hell and made this request to Abraham. He said, send someone to my brothers and tell them not to come to this place of torment. And Abe said, they have Moses and the prophets and if they'll not hear them, they'll not believe the one rose from the grave. My prayer, my prayer is that no one in this house will wind up with that rich man in hell. God did not make hell for his people. He made hell for the devil and his angels. I'm going to put it on the screen. I do not have to live in a house that was not built for me. I don't have to live there. I don't have to live there. Oh, something better than heaven? Taking someone with you there. Something better than hell? Worse than hell? Taking someone with you there. Why don't we just go to heaven and take our kids with us? Come on, Dad. Come on, Dad. Come on, Mom. Come on, let's, let's do it. I have a chance to influence my children. You may not like my kids. As my daughter up here leading tonight to praise and worship. You may not like them. I love them. You know why I love them? Because they have found a way to love the Lord in their own way. And I know, I know, I know pastors catch a lot of flack with their kids. I know that. But I'm so glad through it all. My kids stand and they love God with everything that's in their heart. And I want to give my wife due credit. I want to give this church due credit. Because when my kids would go home with kids in this church, they never heard the bad stuff. They heard from people who were in their orbits and knew how to take care of their own families. Parents, we don't need to be wandering stars. We need to take our kids to heaven. In John chapter 6, there's two kinds of people mentioned. Folks there for the miracle and folks there with the miracle. People who wanted loaves and fishes and people who helped serve loaves and fishes. When the miracle was over, Jesus began to teach and the crowd left him. And I'm almost finished. Until finally he asked the disciples, will you go away? And Peter said, Lord, where can we go? You have the words of eternal life. There's two kinds of people in the church. There's leavers and there's cleavers. Why don't you just make up your mind tonight? I'm going to be a cleaver. I'm going to be a cleaver. We're going to be the cleaver family. We're going to cleave to the things that are right. Some get God to get what they want, and then they get when they get their miracle, they leave their course and they leave their orbit. God has blessed all families that have children. There are those who long to have what you have in your lives, would give anything to have the privilege of parenting. There's a joy in having kids. Can you say amen to that? David said this, my heart is fixed, oh God, my heart is fixed. I need to preach to some fixed hearts tonight, not fickled hearts. Faithfulness is not optional. It is a requirement if you're going to lead kids to heaven with you. Come on, clap your hands and say, I like that, Pastor. I 
want to talk about one of my stars tonight, my dad. I'm, I'm closing. Randy, if you'll help me. He's not here, is he? <laughs> I got you on that, didn't I? Annie, if you'll help me, sweetheart. My dad taught me the essence of constancy in 1992. He lost his oldest son and my older brother to suicide. Later that year, he contacted colon cancer. And he had to have a massive surgery. And I'll be honest with you, Dad got into some depression. He was depressed. And I'd call him. Dad, how you doing? Oh, pretty good, son. He never gave a dismal testimony. Mom would get the phone and say, he's not doing good at all, son. I'm worried about him. And I was. I was worried about my dad. He slept a lot. Stayed in a state of depression for about a year. I'm fixing to tell you something. And all that he went through with the death of my brother and the colon cancer that came into his life, he never missed church. Never missed church. Never charged God. Never blamed God. He never got out of his orbit. I can follow that. I can follow that. Let me tell you another one of my stars, my pastor. He's 87 now. He lives in Dallas. He has Parkinson's real bad. Talked to him not long ago. I can't hardly talk to him anymore because I can't understand him. He has such a horrible time with his speech. But I called him and he said, How's the church, son? Okay, it's good. He said, Go home. Go home. Go home. And I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pop. I can't understand you. Go home. She got on the phone and he said, he said, he said, he said, go forward. Keep moving. Keep preaching. let any man derail your dreams stay steady that is my star there's a tragedy of wandering stars they give no direction they flame out they lose their orbit folks knew if you really knew how bad I wanted I wanted you to have great family if you really knew how bad I wanted you to have great great family I want your families to excel I want your families to just wear the devil out I want them to come by your house and say I'm not going in there they'll kick me out 
able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty dominion power both now and ever can I tell you there is a Savior that will keep you from falling something. Steve Cagle a long time ago made this statement. I don't see him in the house tonight, but I'm going to talk about it. He made this statement a long time ago. He said, Pastor, he said, if, if all we had was this life, this life, and what this church blesses us with on a weekly basis, if all we had was this life, and there wasn't a hereafter, I'd still choose this life over the life out there because this is the greatest life that a man could ever live. And I concur. And I love you. And during school, we're going to be letting out a little earlier. But I don't want anybody here to ever get out of orbit. Be steady. Be consistent. Be constant. Be a star to your kids. Stay in your orbit. Stay on the journey. Keep doing the right thing. The right thing is always the right thing. Stand to your feet. You're awesome people. Now, I'm going to do something tonight that I hadn't done in a long, long time. If you are a parent, if you're a parent, I want you to step out in an aisle going to have enough room to come around the front, but if you're a parent, I want you to step out in the aisle. I want you in the aisle, some aisle tonight. I want you in the aisle because I want to see you. I want to see you. And I want to pray for you tonight. If you're a parent, I'm going to pray for you tonight. This is not about jumping and shouting and praising and saying hallelujah big time. This is about consistency. It's just about walking the walk. It's about doing the right thing over and over over and over and over and over and over and over again. There's one that'll keep you from falling. Step out in the aisle. Has everybody done that? Wow. I don't think there's not a non-parent in the house tonight. <laughs> Amen. Now, would you do me a favor if, you, if you're comfortable enough to take the person's wrist next to you or whatever? If you're led by a lady and she's not your wife or by a man, he's not your husband, don't put your arm on their shoulder. Just, just join hands. Just join hands. We don't have to shake anybody, okay? Nobody has to be shook. Nobody do that. We're just going to pray a prayer here tonight. God's going to help us stay in our orbit, do the right thing, and not ever become a wandering star. Would you lift those hands about this high now, would you? 
Help me pray all over the building. Dear Father, I love you tonight. And I thank you for this night. And I thank you for this privilege of having children and being somebody that can influence the home. Let me, God, follow after you as a heart pants after a water brook. Let my soul pant after you, O oh God. Let me understand that if I follow wholeheartedly after you, I don't have to worry about looking behind. My kids will be following the God that I follow with my whole heart. Now, Lord, let me be the kind of parent that will be steady and consistent and right and there. Let me be the kind of parent that will always pray, that will believe in the Word of God, that will love the house of God and keep a right spirit. Let me be that kind of parent so that my children will be a reflection of what you have made in my life. In Jesus' name. I lift you.